Welcome back to Building Better Basketball Season 2, the Basketball Australia Coaches Podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different, a little bit more serious, but you know as coaches sometimes we have to deal with the tougher conversations. And our guest today is going to help you arm you with what you need to look out for and how you can best handle the situations in the event that something does happen to a player under your care. Joining me today is Damien Morris, the Head of Integrity at Basketball Australia. Damien's no stranger to basketball, having held a role on the board at Knox Basketball for the last five years, alongside roles with Tennis Australia and a 27-year career with the Vic Place. Despite being a very large human, I promise you Damien is very approachable. So if you do see him at a Basketball Australia event after this episode, please say hello, as I can testify he does have a great sense of humour. Damien, welcome to Building Better Basketball. Thanks, mate, and uh, thank you for the uh, the lovely introduction. Um, can, you um, tell nice us, can you tell us a little bit about your role at Basketball Australia, Damien? Yeah, sure. So um, I've been here about five months now, and I'm, I'm the head of integrity. So as the head of integrity, sort of responsible for the leading the day-to-day operations of the integrity unit. Um, the key focus is to implement the national integrity framework to effectively safeguard basketball in Australia. So what does that include? Includes things like uh, the development of policies, procedures, education, and uh, the management of those things that uh, we don't like, people don't like to hear about, um, complaints and the conduct of uh, investigations and of course, um, dispute resolution. And sort of in that role, there's probably five um, key integrity threats that we focus on and they're uh, member protection, safeguarding of children and young people, anti-doping, match fixing and corruption. Probably the the two key things for this audience are member protection and safeguarding children and young people, which we'll talk about later. And sort of the way that we combat those or target to address those integrity threats is through um, three, three key focuses, if you like, being prevention. So making sure that we're doing education, uh, compliance and uh, final enforcement when we need to. You aren't foreign to basketball, though, Damien, as I touched on in the introduction. So you've had an involvement with Knox Basketball in the past. So just uh, again, so people get an understanding, I suppose, of when you're talking. Can you just give everyone a bit of a a background in your kind of involvement in basketball as well? Yeah, so largely my involvement sort of been at that grassroots level. Um, As you said in the intro, I've been on the board of Knox Basketball for some time previously, prior to this role. We've spent 20 years coaching um, at a local level, spent some, you know, various domestic clubs, BJBL, you know, coaching a rep, couple of rep teams, been a team manager a few times. Um, I've also been an assistant coach at Big V level, to be honest, felt quite out of my depth, but it was a great learning experience. I've also been one of those parents who have had uh, two kids come through the uh, the rep system, so I feel the pain of some of the parents, you know, driving their kids all over the countryside, and I've spent more hours than I care to remember sitting in basketball stadium car parks waiting for my kids to finish training and the like. So, um, yeah, really uh, enjoyed my time in basketball, hence why this is a great role for me to be involved in here. So you're definitely, I think that was really important that, everyone kind of understands that um, integrity is one of those big scary words that coaches and volunteers will see and it it probably sends a shiver up up, um, the spine as it often means that something untoward has happened. So it's really great that we've got you, Damien, who can see it both from the um, 
the association and um, national body side of it, but also has that appreciation of, of what it's going to actually mean in terms of his coaching parliaments, X's and O's for, for coaches and parents. Um, so what are some of the key things that are the people listening to this podcast need to know in the current landscape, Damien, and some of the biggest challenges and projects that you want to educate um, everyone about over the next 10 to 12 months? Yeah, sure. So I guess firstly, um, and you're right, you know, people do hear the word integrity. Uh, it does make people nervous. Um, that's certainly not what we want to be as an integrity unit. We really want to be uh, focused on, you know, being preventative, being supportive and being able to understand that, you know, people do make mistakes. We're all learning and sometimes people just get it wrong. So it's really important that we partner with the states as well to make sure that, you know, complainants and respondents feel um, that they're going to be treated fairly. We understand there's always two sides to every story and making sure that we do follow um, processes to um, make sure, like I said, that people feel they have their say and they'll be listened to, particularly when they speak up. Um, if we talk about coaches, you know, I understand, you know, as a coach, there's, there's many challenges and you spoke about the X's and O's and it's great that we want to teach players how to play the game. But, you know, more importantly for me, the focus is that for coaches to understand that it's a challenging role and it comes with a whole degree of responsibility. You know, you're managing people, but particularly you're managing children. You have difficult parents you have to deal with. You've got to think about things like professional boundaries and understanding that in that role, you have a responsibility to create a safe, welcome and inclusive environment for all, particularly children. And, you know, as a coach, you're a role model and the way that you interact with a child can have a really positive lifelong impact on them. But it also can have a really negative impact on them that they can, the child can carry on for a long time. So um, that can seem overwhelming to, to some coaches, but you're certainly not without support. And it's really important that you do understand that it is great to be a coach. It can be one of the most rewarding things that you do, but understanding some of those responsibilities that you have. So, you know, I sort of encourage coaches to think about just because you've been coached a certain way or um, you've observed other coaches conducting themselves in a certain way, doesn't mean that now that that sits with the modern child and the modern parent, you know, society has changed. The expectation of parents and children has changed. The expectation and the eyes on you as a coach at any level um, has changed. So if you behave in a way that is not making people feel safe, particularly children, um, you're going to be exposed. And I'll talk a little bit about that a little bit further in a minute. Um, and it's really important to remember, we all get frustrated, you know, you coach, certainly for me, when I, when I coach, I do like to win, but you know, we need to remind ourselves that we should never put the result ahead of creating a safe and welcoming uh, environment for, for a child. So if I talk about, you know, some of those focuses for me over the next, and our team over the next 12 months, the number one focus is helping coaches understand their role in the safeguarding of athletes and particularly children. You know, and even then you hear me use the term athlete and athlete conjures up this idea of someone who is, you know, strong, fit, um, resilient and the like. But what we forget is that often an athlete is still a child. So, um, and I want coaches to understand that how does the member protection policy, our code of conducts, 
and our child safeguarding policy apply to them. So often, you know, we receive complaints for breaches of the member protection policy, code of conduct or the child safeguarding policy because coaches have not modernised some of their coaches' style, their coaching styles, or they forget that they're coaching children and it should be focused on fun. You know, don't get me wrong, um, I have a bit of old school coaching in me that I believe in consequences for, you know, disrespect, not supporting the team, you know, regularly being late to games and training or not listening and the like. And if you spoke to any one of the kids I've coached, they would say, yeah, there are things that I, I do believe in because they're life skills that we can teach. You know, you've got to be on time. You've got to be respectful. You need to listen to people. Um, and, you know, I've, I've yelled at, at kids for being lazy during sprints at training, do 16 ones and whatever and, you know, probably called them like I have called them lazy in front of their peers when they're always last. But think about the child. How would that impact on the child hearing that coming from you as a coach? Um, what are those impacts or some of those things you say without really necessarily thinking about the impact on the child? So want to work really closely with the coaches for them to understand that they are crucial in providing a safe, welcome and inclusive environment. Yes, we have those grooming situations which we know are the most serious matters, but if you um, talk about just in a typical coaching environment, understanding there's a power imbalance between the coach and the child and that the coach um, already has influence in that position because the child will want to impress you. It might be that you reward children with more court time for more effort that they have. So that already creates a power imbalance. Um, you may have regular unsupervised access to children and are you putting yourself in a risky situation by doing that? Do you transport children alone? Now, sometimes, you know, that might be the best thing to do if a child's left at the stadium at nine o'clock at night, it's dark and they can't get home. But what are you doing to communicate with the parents or someone at your club that you need to um, drive that child home? Because if you leave them where they are, it's going to be unsafe. And it might be, it might be fine that you have one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions with your child, but do you understand those boundaries? Do the parents understand the boundaries? Um, as you as a coach in the club that you work at, are you screened? Are we making sure that we're screening our coaches appropriately? And, you know, we know, and I see it with my own children, regularly being contacted by, you know, coaches on the phone to talk about a game coming up or whatever it may be. How transparent are those communications that you're having with a child? You know, you really need to think about that, that are you, do you have a WhatsApp group that the parent is involved in? Because I would certainly um, advise against any coach having one-on-one -on -one conversations via a telephone or via text message, social media, whatever it may be, um, with a child. So what do I want coaches as we sort of move forward to focus on as part of our ongoing education? You know, focus on their communication style, particularly with children. You know, how are you interacting with the child? Are you making the child feel safe by the way that you, you talk to them, the way that you address them in front of um, their peers? You know, your professional boundaries with them. What do I mean by that? What's your physical interaction with a child? Are you touching them? How are you touching them? Could that be justified as to why you are you are touching a child in that way? It might be that you need to move their hand into a certain position to shoot the ball, whatever it may be, during a training session. And it may be completely appropriate. But are you having, are you hugging your athletes? If so, why are you doing that? Of course, we want you to be caring and supportive, but should it be any more than a high five? 
what would people think about those interactions of you or some of those photos people may have of you hugging your athletes more so than the other coaches are hugging your athletes. Yeah, how do you deliver your message to to um, the, to the children? You know, do you scream at them? Do you yell out of pure frustration? We all get frustrated, but how do you provide that feedback to them? Do you pull your players aside afterwards and have a chat to them, or have a chat to their parents about, yeah, look, I didn't get that right. I actually, I just lost it. I, I got so frustrated because you think about the impact of the mental health on the child and whether you're making them feel safe and welcome to be in that environment. If you're, you know, continually at them and focusing on the negative, you know, it's about having that balance. Do you, do you embarrass your players in front of their peers? Do they trust you? Do you make them feel psychologically safe around you? That it's an environment where they can fail and they can do that without fear. Um, but also, you know, understanding that a lot of harm to athletes or children is caused by peers, you know? So do you keep an eye out at training or during games for whether certain players of yours are being excluded? They don't get past the ball. Some of the other players turn their back on them or you hear them going to, going to go to a party or whatever it may be and certain players in your team are being excluded. Do you pick up on that? How do you as a coach address that? Because that starts to impact on whether the child is enjoying the game. You know, and it's really important that we don't be afraid of encouraging that environment to speak up, that you as a coach, you commit to speaking up and raising any concern that you may have because, you know, you are the eyes and ears for that child. That child may be suffering at home. They may, they may be suffering at school, whatever it may be. I've had, I've had, a situa I've had numerous situations where a child has had such a good trusting relationship with their coach that they've confided in them that um, by their parent at home. And that coach was like, oh, what, what do I do with this? And you don't need to be an expert about that. You just need to understand, okay, there is a child potentially at harm here. I'm going to reach out to support and you can come to us at Integrity Unit and we will give you, we have a whole range of people with expertise in dealing with child safety issues. We can advise you and take over that view. You just need to make sure you do something about it when you recognise that a child may be suffering harm or at risk of harm. Um, do you ask your, the children in your team, how are you feeling? Do you get feedback from them? Do you feel okay? Is there anything more I can do to you? Are you having a good time in this team? And do you continually assess your environment to make sure that it's a safe um, environment as it can be? So, you know, it sounds like a lot that I've spoken about there, but there's just some simple things as coaches you can do. You can ask children how you can help them keep them safe. You engage with them and you make sure that you're friendly and approachable and that they trust you and you develop trust by being consistent in the way that you deal with them and that you're a visible supporter of ensuring children are safe. What's being a visible supporter? You talk to the parents at the start of the season about your, your expectations, about that you encourage a parent to have a conversation with you if there's something that's concerning them regarding their child. You encourage the child to feel that they can speak up at any time to you about any matter that is concerning you. I have coached play, a particular player before who was self-harming and that player was wearing long sleeves, started wearing long sleeves to training. 
and I didn't realise the change. And then later on, as I got to know the child better, I found out that they were also being harmed at home by their father. Now, that was happening in front of me and I didn't pick, on, pick up on it necessarily as early as I should have, even with my background in um, policing. So being alert and being aware of those things that are happening around you and knowing that um, everyone in your team understands they commit to speaking up. Kids feel safe. They enjoy the game. They have a positive environment. You know, you're not always going to get it right. Don't beat yourself up about it. But you do have an obligation to look after the children that you coach. And, you know, I said it before, make time to talk to the kids. Get to know them. Don't be afraid of engaging with them at training. You know, walk around, have a chat to them. And also for yourself, don't put yourself in a compromising position. So... I'll give you a couple of really good examples of what I mean by that. Um, you know, my daughter has been, you know, coached for, for many, many years. Her most recent coach, who's coaching a group of 18-year-old women during training, you might say there were half the team to change their singlets to the other side. Um, he's a male coaching a group of girls. If he says that, I watch what he does. He turns around and literally stares at the wall while those girls get cha change their tops over. Now, he's protecting himself. I recently heard a male who coaches the WNBL team, very experienced coach, um, was speaking about the change rooms. And he said to the girls, um, if I ever need to go into that change room, I will knock loudly before I come in. I'll announce that I'm about to come in and I'll wait for you to say, to say that I can come in. And he said to them, which I thought was really good, please don't put me, me in a position where I walk in while you are in a state of undress or getting changed. So it's about also understanding that you don't put yourself in that situation where people may start to think, hmm, what, what's happening there? Or well, that's a little bit suspicious or seems a little bit odd. I guarantee there's people that are sitting, listening to this that just go, and they've just taken a breath the same as you, Damien, because that's all of that stuff that you said, it doesn't matter whether you're coaching um, women, boys, men, um, space aliens, whatever. It's, it's just a matter of three things. So one is in 99.9% .9 of all coaches everywhere, they will be doing the right thing. They will be following the rules and they will be being the best coach that they can be. All Damien is, is prompting you to do is, is just take the time that you take to review a game tape or a practice tape or a session plan and just just reflect a little bit on, on your actions, I suppose, and the actions of your assistant coaches and your managers and your players and go, is this the, the best environment? Is it a safe environment? Is it um, a risk-free environment? Second part of that is, what's our culture is our culture risk-free is it safe does it promote um people feeling comfortable and safe when they come to basketball which it should be because ultimately regardless of the level you are at we're talking about a sport a game a pastime and finally the most important thing and damien this will be the next thing you're not alone whatever happens you will have Hopefully you'll have support networks at your own club and association and state, wherever you be in Australia. But you also, I think it's really important. Part of the reason why um, I got Damien to come on 
is that you have this resource at Basketball Australia who are only a phone call away, only an email away. And as Damien touched on, it's it's not just him. He he has a team around him. So Damien, if someone does want to to reach out to you or get in touch, what's what's the best way to do that? Yeah, and, and that's a really good point, mate. And it comes back to my point earlier about being, you know, supportive and, and you know, and, and you touched on it. So many coaches do amazing stuff, but I also want, you know, coaches to feel they can just reach out and go, well, I'm not comfortable about what I've seen. It might be another coach's behaviour or they might go, look, this athlete keeps telling me things. This child keeps telling me things or I'm seeing this in this child. I'm not sure what to do. Please reach out to us. Um we have expertise in child protection and the protection of children, and we know how to connect you with resources. So um, simply all they need to do is email me at integrity at australia.basketball, and you'll either get myself or two of my other team members. Okay, And it can just be, can you please give me a call? I want to have a chat to you. And we will give you a call, and we will guide you in the right direction. If it means we connect you with the states, we'll do that. But we can certainly... Um, be there to assist you and provide advice. The other thing I'd say is um, we're in the process of updating our resources. Jump on um, our website, but also I'd encourage you to jump on the Sport Integrity Australia website. They have some really good videos on there, some really good online, online material, particularly around the safeguarding of children. So it's not one of those subjects that we need to go, oh, my goodness, it's safeguarding. We need to just speak about it. It's just the culture of what we do. So I really encourage you to... Um, um, it just needs to be part of everything that we do, that we always talk about it and we don't feel bad about talking about it. Damien, even though we haven't um, spoken in great depth about your coaching um, here, we'll still give you the chance to answer the podcast question that we ask everyone. Um, if you could ask one question in any sport, alive or dead, a question, who would it be and what would the question be? Well, the question I would ask would be Phil Jackson. Um, and if we think about Chicago Bulls, the question would be, you know, tell me about a time as the coach where you completely got it wrong and so much so that it took you a, a sustained effort to recover from the error or the mistake and tell us how you went went about doing that. I guarantee there'd be, there'd be plenty of them. Um, Damien, thank you so much um, for today. Um, as I touched on, Damien's dropped some pretty heavy like thoughts on people to think about today. But I guarantee you, uh, if you ever meet him face to face, he is a very uh, friendly and, and approachable man. So um, Damien, thank you so much for your time. I really encourage anyone that's listening to this that has any concerns, big or small, to, to reach out to Damien and, and he will definitely be able to help you. And um, Look, we'll, uh, we'll keep touching base with uh, Damien during the year. And like I say, the Basketball Coaches Australia website will be sharing and um, promoting the new resources that the Integrity Unit are putting up as they relate to um, coaches both in the community and at our representative level. Because again, that's something as well, Damien, you're going to be going out around the AJCs and, and talking to the coaches there as well. So. Um, I think that's a really valuable opportunity for anyone that's even at those AJCs as a spectator watching their kids. If you want to be involved in those sessions as well, that's an opportunity to to reach out to Damien and, and connect. So thanks, Damien. Um, I hope everyone's staying dry if they're in Melbourne 
uh, and the rest of Australia that's being battered by the storms at the minute, we're, um, we're thinking of you and, and hope you're all okay. Till next time. Thank you.